0: In Arkham Horror The Card Game, player cards that are released with no apparent deck in mind are considered especially hard to use. In Arkham, Massachusetts, the dedicated detectives who investigate these unusual cards are members of a podcast known as Miskatonic University Radio. These are The Binder Trials. Mr. Yes, pop <laughs> Eat
1: Dark And the little birds are nasty
0: And I listen to them too There's two lost people in the whole wide world That's me and the man and the moon
2: Hello everybody and welcome to Miskatonic University Radio, a podcast exploring Fantasy Flight Games' Arkham Horror, the card game. I'm Dane. I'm Dan. I'm Ben. Today, Court is yet again in session. This episode, we're going to be analyzing some player cards that are celebrated community favorites and some lesser known gems and ask, does this card truly belong behind bars slash in your binder? Or should you play it? Warmly smile at it and know that it's there for you.
1: Wait, is this uh, when you said court is in session? I assumed that Dane, you've been arrested for the crime you confessed to during the last time we talked about this on the it episode. It was a
2: it was a whole ordeal.
1: Is that not right? I mean i i I mean, I, I look. I, I'm not going to say like uh, I I might be willing to be a character witness. I just I don't want to implicate myself in in your crimes. Is what I'm worried about. You know, like I'm I'm worried about being charged as an accomplice.
2: I think I think the bigger. Uh, the bigger horrible thing that happened was apparently that the ad interrupted the intro. (laughs) So, which also happened when I was viewing it on my computer over here. So I was very upset by that. That's more egregious. I think than the crimes that I I confessed to want the
0: full intro, they, you know, they're listening to it right now on this podcast, you know, so, or on YouTube, you know? Uh, Yeah. So we did this a couple episodes ago. So the gist is, we're going to take a look at some uh, cards that we've, maybe we've reviewed in the past or never reviewed. Uh, that are divisive, either amongst ourselves or uh, the community. And we're going to decide if each card is the best card ever, has to be played in every single deck, or is going to get sealed in Dane's binder filing cabinet box forever, and Dane will never be allowed to play these cards again. And uh, everyone else can do what they want, but Dane will <laughs> never... Those cards will never see the light of day. Really,
1: Really just game. makes the whole thing a little more fun by adding stakes. That's really yeah. the purpose of the actual binder box there. Uh,
0: and, uh, of course, we will, we're will. we going to give ourselves like a time limit for each one of these, because uh, Justice is swift, uh, so we'll have about six minutes for each one of these cards before we'll uh, make our final judgment. Um, and, of course, for those who are asking last time, that is actually a new box that Dane has. The first box, we he was forced to set on fire with the cards inside. So, uh, <laughs> that's Burned. where we're at. Uh, yeah, why don't we jump right into it, I guess? Uh, so the first card we have is stick to the plan uh this is a guardian asset level three uh no cost because it's a permanent and exceptional uh it's a talent uh reaction before you draw your opening hand search your deck for up to three different tactic and or supply events and attach them to stick to the plan shuffle your deck cards attached to stick to the plan may be played as if as if they were in your hand and as an additional cost to play the attached card exhaust stick to the plan
1: and it's two least favorite words in the english language as I, if
0: well <laughs> i mostly hate them at Arkham, because it hurts my rules brain too much uh i mean this one's not that bad cuz this one's like okay oh, yeah, i'll just play it from my hand i'm sure there's a weird some, somehow place this <laughs> card and it messes everything up i don't know someday um, yeah <laughs> So yeah, I think this one's on the list because this I, this one's pretty popular uh, amongst the community as like a first pickup for a lot of guardian decks, um, and uh, I don't know, I, I I find very rarely play it immediately. Uh, I usually do pick it up later in my in my guardian deck builds, like after I spent like twenty or thirty experience. But uh, yeah, auto yeah, include like... is what people call this. I I'll include every guardian deck. Like, what do you guys well,
1: think? The... The thing is, like, because it's a permanent, we've talked about some of these before, there's sort of a lower cost of putting it in your deck that it doesn't really replace anything else, so in that sense it's fine, but it is 6 XP, that's a lot, right? So, I, before we go further, so what are the major cards you can put on this thing, the supply and tactics? like Things like uh, dodge, dynamite blast, uh, emergency cast, uh, cash, shortcut if you can play it, like if you're Mark or somebody, um, there's definitely some good cards, but... Like you know, the the things that you really want on your first turn are maybe like a weapon or beat cop. You can't put those on it, right? So, I, I don't know.
2: I, I the mean, biggest thing is ever vigilant, I think, right? Yeah,
1: I that's v- like ever that's vigilant. like the huge thing. Is is that like how much of how much of how, how highly people rate this card is entirely based on the ever vigilant interaction? Is it is that like most of it, or is that just a small piece of it?
0: My opinion is based on the ever vigilant ever, ever interaction. I don't yeah. know if that's the wider uh, wider use case for it. Um. I mean, the way I was thinking about this is, how much experience did you pay to reduce your deck size, Dan? Uh,
1: not six. <laughs> I mean, I, I would eventually pay. Res- I, I would eventually pay XP for it, but I would certainly get like beat cop and vicious blow and weapons and stuff first. You know, okay. like we're we're going to talk about another card soon, which is sort of similar to this in some ways. Which e- even that card, which I think is better, I usually don't get like first right out of the gate. I'm going to buy some other stuff first. You know. Mm.
2: Yeah, I mean, some would argue that you don't necessarily need the beat cobs and vicious blows. Like, if you're going into scenario two, you know, like, the enemy, the enemies aren't going to see a lot of scaling into being, like, you know, huge, horrible monsters quite yet. So maybe that is the case to get this. Um, because you're not going to need those quite yet. The enemies are going to still be reasonable. You can pick this up and reduce the size of your deck by three. You can more reliably see those vicious blows and things like that. I, I just kind of think that um, if you're a Guardian
1: being successful in a scenario as a guardian is like getting set up early and then having action compression to be able to deal with like bad turns when there's a lot of enemies out right Yeah, and like having a toolbox of things you need so my experience with this card is you can play ever vigilant and that's cool but if you kind of if you need ever vigilant you probably have too many assets in your deck is sort of what i think usually is 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 where your deck is looking it's it's good like it's a fun interaction but it's like it's not it if it's it's not really necessary i think so usually what you're using is like, great, I have my dodge and my dynamite ready when I need them, but if you draw enough cards, you probably just like find those at some point during the game and then you use them near the end, you
2: know? Sure, but I mean, that's a big if. Some guardians aren't built to draw cards, like, like Mark. Here Wait, but, 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 but Mark Mark draws cards. <laughs> but like, for example, what if you're playing Tommy, right? Like, and, and you have like a lot of allies in your deck. So, sorry, or, sorry, Tommy. I mean, Tommy who? <laughs> Or if you're playing,
1: um, this is this is like last time. Last time we did this, you guys tried to convince me that there were other guardians, and I, I'm I'm still very skeptical about that. I don't know. Like, is Tommy that much better if he just like has a dodge and a dynamite available from turn mm-hmm. one?
2: Tommy doesn't draw cards. Like, he gets his things killed, and then he draws those. Oh, things oh, again.
1: That sounds that sounds like a character that I probably wouldn't play ever.
2: <laughs> it's it's not a great <laughs> experience, but. You know, I mean, Conrad and chat is also saying that you could put, uh, like, extra ammunition on it. It's pretty good for gun builds if you're going for, like, big guns or flamethrower or whatever. Um, Carolyn can use this to put her things on it, supplies and, and other shenanigans. Um, it's, I think it's better, the less cards that a Guardian can draw, the better it is. I'm sure there's some little chart somewhere amongst the Guardians where it you could see it being better. Like, Larry can run Lucky Cigarette Case, so he's probably not in a big... I- I think that, I
1: think I think that's kind of true. All I'm really saying, like, I, I'm not trying to say this is like a bad card. I have upgraded this card, and I will do so again. All I'm really saying is, it's yeah. It seems like a, a lot of people, I think, just buy it way too fast. Like, I think that people pass over a bunch of really really good guardian yeah. cards. To get this a little early. And the last thing I would say, if you could put stand together on this, I think it would be a lot better because that would be an excellent <laughs> thing to just like have available. They
2: needed that to be a spirit for Calvin. though.
1: <laughs> it could be a spirit <laughs> and a tactic, you know? You're standing together. That's like a, that's a tactic right. kind yeah, of, back, you know? Back, sure, back, sure, sure. You would so, think, yeah.
0: Demand, write a letter to MJ and demand that be we, around immediately. Yeah, we, we, we Duke, have
1: but. to make stand together a tactic. That's really necessary. You know
0: what? I yeah. bet it'd be easier to convince Duke.
2: Probably. Uh, <laughs> 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 Maybe uh,
0: so. I've got to set a timer for this. Uh, so I think I think we're ready to make a judgment, though. We're probably it's out best, of time. Yeah. Be- best card ever or binder fodder?
1: I mean, it's not actually binder fodder, but I'm definitely not voting for it for best card
2: ever. So, mm. you know, th- there it is. <laughs> and it's a, it's a <laughs> it's a tough choice considering I do take it in in some guardian decks. That being said, it's like not like I wouldn't be sad not seeing it.
1: If this card got banned somehow, I would not be sad about it, and I don't think my Guardian Dex would be any worse. Well,
2: Some people are uh, calling for it to be banned. Oh. Because, because they're saying that it takes, you know... It takes I mean, well, the, the first, first, they should, first
1: they should ban <laughs> Scrapper, but then if they want to keep banning OP Permanents, maybe they could ban it after, after Scrapper.
0: Uh, so I, I'm going to vote best card ever, uh, and leave it to Dane to decide whether he uh, thinks this is the greatest thing or has to seal it away forever.
2: We're gonna start things off by sailing away things forever. Here we go, everybody. Stick to the plan. Is yes. going behind bars. This wow. is the, I was like... the, the meme that I would
1: like people to imagine me doing right now is the like sickos yes yes meme because that's me right now. <laughs> wow.
2: It's the I, first of the cards to go into the binder. I wasn't expecting it to go
0: that way, but you know, sometimes that's, that's just, this, this is this is, all, this is what
1: we're this is what we're about in this podcast. We slaughter sacred cows and we make delicious hamburgers <laughs> out of them.
0: Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm dying. All right, yes. Let's, let's move on to the next card, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so next up, we have Studious. Uh, mm. This is a Seeker asset, uh, level three, no cost because it's a permanent. Uh, you begin each game with one additional card in your opening hand. That's it. That's all it does. Uh, I don't remember that's why it. this is on this list. Was it? Did somebody say this was bad?
1: I think the. I think that it doesn't get talked about that much compared to how incredibly good we think it is. And I remember the optimal play guys who I like and who I think are generally have very smart ideas about cards. I think they were kind of down on it when it first came out. This was like a couple years ago. I don't I remember know if they've really yeah, it yeah. since then, but I remember them being like kind of kind of saying it wasn't that great and being like, "I don't know. I don't know about that." Right, I mean, so if the- if if there was ever like a, you know, it's a real like the virgin sticks to the plan the chad studious kind of situation with these two cards like
2: the 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 disparity here is sharp i mean comrade saying is the plan you're sticking to anti fun yes because i am in the i am very much in the boat that while well, studious i believe is is like mathematically statistically a good card it is one of the most boring purchases you could possibly buy in this in this game and that's why what dan said earlier if if they took stick the plan out of the game entirely which we just did um if studious was also taken out of the game entirely i wouldn't be heartbroken nor sad is exactly my sentiment for this card
1: studious was taken out of the game i would fly to minnesota and stand in front of ffg and just start like crying and just sobbing in the parking lot um no but i i agree with what dan said like studious is like a classic boring card game card like it's it doesn't it doesn't really look like it does very much and it's it, it it's not like really fun to like look at or read the text it's like very simple but just I think it's really 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 good. It's
2: it's, it's ridiculous how much value this gives you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like
2: and, it, and, like and, one way to think about
1: it is well, well so first off you can get literally two of these for the amount of XP it costs to get one stick to the plan, right? So like stick to the plan reduces your your deck by 3. This reduces your deck by 2 and puts those cards into your hand. Right? Which is just just way better, but like yeah. uh it, it, yeah, like the way I would think about it is just like the best time to have cards in your hand is as early as possible, right, like pretty much any card you'd rather have it in your hand now than like two turns from now, but there's a lot of cards that you're trying to have in your opening hand that are much 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 better if you get them early in the game, and like you know stick to the plan also kind of does this, but stick to the plan only works on certain types of cards, studios just draws you cards in general, so like th- it increases your chance to find like everything.
2: Um, this card also came out mid Circle Undone, which is surprise when tarot cards came out. And tarot cards obviously have this huge oh, yeah. bonus for when you draw them in your opening hand, right? You get to play them for free, and they don't cost anything. So, like this coming out in like what pack four or five or something like that of 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 um the uh, Circle Undone was was like this is this is what we want. This is what we need. Everybody wants this, right? But it, like it definitely makes the tarots better for sure. Yeah, and I think that's kind of like the only way and like Comrade said, like with Big Hand or Tarot stuff, this card feels good to buy in certain strategies but if you're buying it just because it's purely a very strong card, it's like it doesn't feel great for me.
1: Because keep in mind that studious it gives you one extra card but that's before the mulligan so effectively it lets you right. look at two other cards that's that's what's really powerful about it if this was like after the mulligan i think it would still be a good card but it wouldn't be like as just incredibly great as it is um and and, and yeah i i agree it's kind of boring like i uh, there's an argument that this should be maybe the first thing you upgrade into and it's usually not i'm usually going to upgrade into other stuff first but it i think it's really good sorry Ben, what were you going to say I
0: was, uh, we are deciding best card ever or binder fodder uh, those are the two this di- <laughs> those are the two uh two options uh time's up arbitrarily because i've got to set the timer again uh i think this is a very good card i don't definitely don't think it's binder fodder uh, i do agree that it is in fact boring um but uh it, it is very good so until it gets tabooed to cost like more experience or like give you half a card in your opening hands so you have to buy two of them <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, i think i think best
2: card ever is my vote same. Oh, well, it sounds like I'm going to say it's garbage, but you know, uh, <laughs> it sounds like it's saved. You don't even
1: really believe that. You're just being contrarian.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I-, I guess I just wouldn't be mad if it were like Law it is. It is. It is like it's not a Dane card. Is the way I would no, put it. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Give me back double or nothing. D- well, Dane, that card
1: was too good, and it's been banned. So,
0: Dane, did you ever play Double or Nothing before it was banned? Did you even... <laughs> ben, it's not the point
1: here. Before it was banned for being overpowered? But yeah, it's, it's... Just, like, just like Scrapper is going to be in the next uh, taboo list.
0: <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on to the next card. Let's yeah, let's the let's start a timer song.
1: for this one. <laughs> yeah. I did
0: it. All right, watch this. Uh, this is a rogue skill card uh it has a willpower a combat and agility icon and it's a gambit uh commit only to a skill test you are performing as an additional cost to commit watch this to a skill test spend up to three resources if you succeed by one or more gain twice that many resources and it features a guy like jumping off a building or maybe through a window, uh shooting both of his guns. So
2: yeah. Cool art, cool flavor text.
1: Yeah, before I before I criticize this card, I do want to take a moment to say that the John Woo ass art is incredible and that I really like it.
0: Yeah, no, it's great. Uh yeah, so this is a card that I think a lot of people like in the community, especially with uh, big money decks. Uh I like it. In big money decks and i usually play it in most rogue cards or rogue decks that aren't uh like clue focused um you know it's a fun way to get extra money but what do you guys think
2: rogues have a lot of ways to get money um and and like here's the thing <laughs> you're you're playing solo you've got lone wolf that's like all the money you'll ever need you're playing literally any other mode including stand uh solo You've got falchion bargain. Falchion bargain is your friend. The the Satan is your best friend. Um, and uh, this it's card, like cake used to sing, <laughs> right? Um, and this card is like I've used it before in like Tony decks or like Thin decks. Obviously, it's got, it's got an agility symbol on it, and it gets money, right? Like those are two things rogues really like and want. But generally speaking, I feel pretty like okay about this card when it resolves. See, double or nothing. And this card gets pretty cool. But, uh, like, I agree with uh, Comrade in chat. I, I think the only time that I really view this card as being a solid, like, economy option is in Parallel Skids. Because he gets that free action that you can use to commit symbols to it. And you get some extra bucks off, like, for fast, free. Um, but otherwise, it's like, it's tough. It's it's a tough pickup for me. It's, it usually gets cut.
1: Yeah, I, I just tend to think... um You know, we've talked about how economy cards where you have to have money to play them are just a lot worse. Because, like, if you're poor and you really need money, this card doesn't do anything for you, right? So, I I get... Ben is saying, like, in a big money deck where it's not that you're going to be, like, poor and then you need money, then you play something and then you're poor again. In a big money deck, you're trying to just have a ton of money and have, like, a continual influx and outflux of money throughout the game. I think there's a stronger case for playing this in decks like those. So, if you're playing a big money deck that is not mainly based around clues i think there's there's kind of an argument for playing this although i don't think it's going to be like the best card in your deck but if you're not playing specifically that type of deck if you're just playing like generically like a tony morgan deck or like a finn deck or something like that i don't think you should play this because it'd be one thing if it had a question mark on it so you could just kind of commit it to anything but uh it kind of limits it that you can only commit it to the other types of tests And and remember, remember. Sorry, you have to succeed by one. So, like on hard mode, you know, it's also like a lot of tests where you okay, I have a pretty good chance to succeed. But if I have like a seventy-five percent chance to succeed, I probably have like a sixty percent chance to succeed by one, which means I have a forty percent chance of just losing three money. That's terrible. Like you can't commit it to those tests. Right.
0: Yeah, it definitely has those two downsides. It doesn't have the intellect symbol on it which feels really bad. And I usually forget about, I used to forget about that constantly. I was like, Oh, cool. Pull this money card in my fin deck. And I was like, Oh (laughs) Uh -oh. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And the succeed by one. So like this effectively, it gives you an extra symbol of the test you're doing, but it doesn't actually help you trigger itself. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That, that is a big downside. Uh, I mean, the upside is like theoretically, this is an emergency cash that's actionless because you're like doing it as something you'd be doing anyway. Um, and it's kind of fun to gamble. Um, and if you well, really need but, to fail a test by drawing the auto fail, this is a card that you can commit. So,
1: but 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 hang on one second though. With emergency cash, I mean cash is also not a fantastic card, right? But the classic case where I would play emergency cash is I would like hope to draw it in my opening hand and I would play it on my opening hand to play like a Leo de Luca or a, a big weapon or something like that, right? If you have this in your opening hands, you probably can't fight or evade something right away. You probably can't do a will test right away. And you can't investigate and use it because it doesn't have an end symbol on it. So, like, there's situ- there's a plenty of situations where you, even though this is actionless, you can't really play this at will, and you could play cash whenever you want.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I mean, speaking of will, like like Ben was talking about, he always forgets that there's no intellect symbol on this. I think that's the, one of the most awkward parts about this card. Um, is that like I'm playing it in generally a rogue deck that wants big money, and rogue symbol like the rogue symbols, the classic rogue symbols are intellect and agility nobody wants a will symbol on its card <laughs> like what is finn like like six of the rogues gonna do with one in, uh a uh, will on it but comrade does make a point that it is good in dexter uh which who might want like fast money but the thing is is i think this card suffers from like when you're really considering the value of a deck slot is this worth a deck slot Because, again, we were talking about all the others. We just got Unscrupulous Loan, which is a ridiculous amount of money for people who really want to kind of, you know, hoard all their money. Um, But there are people who like to spend their money. like get it and then spend it fast on on things. And for those decks, it might be okay. Well, yeah, I
1: I think that the super TLDR is just like, it's a money card that costs three money to play, and therefore really only big money decks should even think about it.
0: Well, that's not the decision we have to make tonight. Uh, either we keep it best card ever, use it in every deck, or seal it away in dane's uh bind card prison box that's a filing cabinet binder
2: came hey, out garcosa jeez
0: so i guess i guess what's the vote i am not sure if any minds were changed in this discussion i I was kind of changed I'm like yeah, it's not that great
2: <laughs> what what do you think dan keep
0: it i'm
1: i'm I'm voting binder on this one
2: i'm I'm also voting binder on this one. <laughs>
0: Sounds like it's in the binder forever.
2: So. Unanimous binder. All right. Yep. Banished. Wha- watch this get sealed. Hell yeah. Er- bang.
0: All right. Well, uh, a tragic loss of that cool art. So the next two. next card is Hawkeye Folding Camera. Uh, this is a secret asset. Costs two, level zero. Has a willpower icon on it. Uh, it's an item and a tool. A reaction after the last clue is placed uh, is discovered from your location place one resource from the token pool on this card as evidence limit once per game at each location while hawkeye folding camera has one more evidence you get plus one willpower two more evidence get plus one intellect uh, or three or more evidence you get plus one sanity and those those obviously all stack and it takes up a hand slot and it has a very grim art of someone taking a picture of like someone that's being hanged. Um
2: yeah just don't so. look at the middle of the card.
0: Yeah. Um
1: this one is I, I don't know I don't think we've talked about that this one that much on the podcast, but I feel like we argue about this one a lot just all kind of amongst ourselves.
2: That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dane, do you want to make a case for this? Because I think I think you really like this card. Is that right? Yeah, totally. This is a card that um I mean this came out we used to play a ton together in person. And generally speaking, we would play in, like, two-person, you know, Ben would hang out with us, we'd be three-person, and whenever we kind of meet up, it's a four-person thing. So this card was not on my radar for quite a while, and when I realized that this card gets better the less clues that spawn on locations, example in, like, solo, duo, this card, I got really excited because it meant the same thing that cards... um, like uh, like some rogue cards or like a card that we're going to be talking about a little later, things that get get things in intervals of three are really really great in three person. It kind of changed up that dynamic and makes me excited about cards like this because cards like this are incredible and and I, I think Hawkeye Folding Camera is one of my favorite seeker cards of all time because it gives so much value for just two cards or two credits and uh, an install action. You know like it's it gives you a will which is incredible on a lot of people defensive stats always good will is always a great stat um and it gives you a, an intellect which is obviously incredible because comparing this to ho- uh, to uh, to magnifying glass which i know dan is going to do and i want to get to it first to me really um that like an intellect is just better than having a magnifying glass intellect which is because Magnifying Glass Intellect can only be used in Investigates, and sometimes you're going to run across those those tests where it's like, test three book for each point you fail by, like, like throw a clue away or something that's, like that. That's the angle you're going with so, on this? I mean, I mean that's <laughs> one of the stats that it gives you. And then it also gives you another sanity, which is generally something that Seekers don't really need, but off-classes like Roland um, and other people who have like really low sanity who can take it and actually benefit a lot from having it, it's great on luke loves it norman loves it it's just a solid like thing for them
0: Yeah, you know, i was i was I... kind of with you on some of that um <laughs> really the reason i play this card is because when i want that plus one willpower and i don't have any else in my hand slots like if i'm playing luke and i want to use willpower and maybe get the intellect it's like uh you know pump up your will uh but I don't know, just getting plus one int by itself is like very rarely useful. Very rarely. I I think
1: there's a case for it in like a solo Luke deck or maybe like a duo Luke deck. Like Ben played it when we did um some campaign on Twitch a while ago and it was it was alright. But like if there's more than two people in your group or if you don't need the will really badly i think you just you should instead just play the best card in the game instead which takes up the same slot and is just better right like instead of paying two in an action you could pay zero and zero actions there's like one one and zero actions and then upgrade into zero and zero actions for magnifying glass right because the will like i mean if if you really need will and book what are you doing like why do you need both of those right you probably need one way more than the other you don't get the if it was if they were switched, like if you got the book first and then the will later, it would be better, I think, for a lot of these decks, but maybe not for Luke. But like I, I want the I want the book right away, probably if I'm a seeker, right? And then the sanity I don't care about because unless you're like Joe or, or Roland, like pretty much everybody has decent sanity as a seeker. I just like I want the card that is fast, that costs less, and that immediately makes me better at getting clues. Yeah,
0: you're right. This does this have the downside that you have to ramp it up to get the benefit? So, which, which is unlike, a big downside. Yeah, unlike like magnifying glass, if you draw this late in the game, you probably don't play it. You know, it, it you probably can't right. get the the benefit you want out of it. Yeah. Um. So it is reliant on getting it early in your mulligan, and you do need to set it up with two money, right? Um. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, uh, any any other arguments for or against? I guess.
2: I mean, it, it this is good. card it's, is definitely something that I've like. I, I know that in three or four player, I would never play this card. Like, very, very rarely. Like, maybe in a Luke deck, because Luke can take weird cards that nobody likes to get this to work. And I would and I would go the distance for this card. But, uh, like, in solo and duo, this is a card that I will be very happy to put into almost any deck. Um, some people, like Trish, I don't really like it for, unless you're playing Jeremiah, which is like, you know, if you want to get the full bang for your buck in terms of and and stuff like that, you would, but I I think this card is a very very good card in the environments that it thrives in. It's good enough to be like considered in almost every deck. And in the environments that basically three and four player, I would never take it. And it's it's like very I would never even consider it. And for that reason, I would I would you know it it, it is I mean it,
1: it is a fun card. It's the opposite of studious in that it is like fun fun to play. If yeah. you care about that. No, yeah, but, uh, I,
0: mean, I, I yeah, I always enjoy the cards that give you an extra little un- completely yeah. unnecessary side quest. To, but it every game. But I,
1: I would never play it in higher player counts and even in like duo or solo, I would really only play it if you actually need the will, like like Luke or something.
2: Yeah. All right, well, the the time... last the last argument I would make for it is that uh it's a better active desperation target than magnifying glass ever will be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is okay, that is a fair point.
2: Uh Alright, well, the Time of Judgment
0: is here.
1: And if you're uh, playing Lola, you could put Active Desperation on your stick to the plan and use it to throw your Hawkeye Folding camera at something. Uh,
0: <laughs> you just, watch
1: this. There, there's yeah. some Lola people in the community that are probably taking down notes right now, They're like, oh, that could be my next Lola deck.
0: <laughs> Alright, uh, Dane, what is your judgment on this card?
2: Well, I obviously think it's the best card ever.
0: Alright, Dan. I think,
2: I think it's trash
0: leave it to me, huh? It's oh, it's man. a Ben
2: it's a Ben decision. It's a Ben decision. I,
0: I just i think it's good in the decks that uh benefit from both the will and the int, but it's trash if you're just trying to use a date like get int um in like a passive will. Like there's no reason to do that. Uh What is
2: the fate of this card, Ben?
0: Dane will never be allowed to use it again no i can't let that color my i can't let that bias me i be. I, <laughs> I
1: i mean i i think if you feel like compared to the conventional wisdom on this card if you think it's a lot worse than that i think you should vote for trash
0: what's the conventional wisdom i think i think a lot of people play this card Hmm. Mm
2: i think a lot of people play it because they're playing solo or duo to be fair <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe
0: did we did we decide yep. if we're judging these based on solo versus multiplayer
1: we we always it, it's like how it's like dark matter we always forget that like supposedly like probably most people who play this game ever in the world are playing like solo which is yeah. very, very too weird because we we yeah. don't do that at all but
0: all right i don't uh, know, I don't know. It's, up, it's up to you Ben. only you bind. can decide i seal it to the binder
2: on way. way it goes oh that's that's got to like, be, pain- that's gotta that's be pain- like pain, most of the cards that we do- no all of the cards that we've done so no uh oh, well, studious 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 made it. yeah all right well um, you know, at least still have that at least
0: have friends you know uh well don't worry uh you know listeners don't have to abide by these judgments only dane has to uh so yeah all, right, all right let's take a look at the next uh, set of cards uh which is the right of seeking set so we're looking at all all three the level zero level two level four um so right of seeking is a mystic asset uh cost four with an elect icon on it has uses three charges action spend one charge investigate investigate using willpower instead of intellect if you succeed discover one additional clue at this location uh if a cultist uh skull elder sign or excuse me elder thing tablet or auto fail symbol is revealed during this test after this test is resolved we lose all remaining actions and immediately end your turn uh it is a arcane slot the level two version i believe the only difference is you get a plus two willpower for the test and the level four version uh, costs five instead of four has an extra intellect icon and you get the plus dual power for the test and discover two additional clues. Yeah, right of seeking. So I mean, I think the contention with this is, you basically never want to use this unless it's your last action, right? Uh, yeah, or, or you
1: at least want to. You want to try to avoid it if at all possible, or have like um, the grotesque statue or something out maybe yeah. as insurance.
0: And, or, or and this, this used to be like when it came out in. Uh Dunwich, right? Uh it used to be the like only seeker or excuse the only mystic clue getting card, really, right? Um, but there's a lot more options now. Like clairvoyance, um, uh sixth sense, uh
1: Yeah, I mean like to, to just to start out, like I would say off the bat, I think clairvoyance is almost always better than this. Like I, I, I pretty much always play clairvoyance over this. But like I I think Dane I think Dane really hates this card or really hates the kind of downside of it. And for me it's like I'm kind of fine having a, one or two copies of this as like my third and maybe fourth copies of clairvoyance if I'm playing like a a, a mystic who's going to be getting a lot of clues because I I think the downside's kind of manageable. I don't know though. D- Dane, do you want to do you want to make the case for this is actually garbage?
2: <laughs> so, the times that I've played played it and seen it played, there are there are like circumstances in which the like Akachi or whoever is, is playing this card, and they're like, okay, the thing that we need to do is get two clues off this victory location, move and resign in that order. And this is a card that threatens that. Like, no other card that gets getting you clues. I mean, maybe like Drawn of the Flame might, right? Because you might get a, a horrible encounter card. But, like, this card specifically completely destroys that. If you just draw a symbol and it's like, oh, well now you have to end your turn and then you're just dead. Or or whatever. You know, like you're you're gonna get but defeated. You got that issue.
0: you got that victory still. Unless you get defeated before the game ends.
2: Well no, <laughs> well, but okay. then you get defeated and you drop your clues on the location. Well it's just oof. I mean, there there's a lot of times
1: where like somebody else can shortcut you or like, okay, well we thought we could win this turn, now we just have to like wait out one more turn and maybe draw a bad encounter card,
2: you know? Yeah, well totally. But I think that like Like you were saying, Clairvoyance is the better card. We have a lot of other things that we have access to. For me personally, I really like Sixth Sense as just like a pretty reliable card. I think obviously Clairvoyance is better than uh, Sixth Sense. But if I'm playing Seeking Cards, there are even like events that are available that I would play far before this. And that's just kind of my point of view is that this is just sort of outclassed in a lot of ways by all of the other, like, th- there's there's no deficit. I wouldn't put myself in a Seeking deficit if I were playing, like, a Seeker Mystic and not taking this card at this point. And I think it's kind of, like, fine to say that. However, there is a very big argument for this card to be taken in three-player because it is one of the few cards that upgrades at its max form, which is its level, f- level four form even, um, where it gets you two extra clues, which is... Super pivotal in three-player player matches. See that—that's the thing. In three or even
1: four-player, I don't really want to play read the Science. I don't really want to play. I definitely don't want to play sixth sense. You're just not getting enough clues that way. That's too slow. Like I want to get three clues in a shot. So I'm going to play two clairvoyances, and then I'm probably going to play like one or two copies of this, and then I'm going to play like a recharge level three or something. And definitely under
2: inspiration, right? Because that's that's kind of like what. Oh, ab- absolutely, what De- definitely an incredible <laughs> card. But
1: but but that's what I'm saying. Is like to me that. There's a lot of cases where you can just do this safely, where you just you draw you do something else, you move to a location, then you get three clues as your last click. And then next turn, oh well there's three more clues on this location. Okay, well I like draw a card, play a card, and then get three clues as the last click. I think that you can usually do that. And if you really need to, you can roll the dice, or maybe you have a grotesque statue or something like that, or maybe you have a time warp even. You know, like I, I, I think that the the situations where like we literally lose the game if you draw a spooky token on this are pretty limited. Because usually usually it, when it is critical, somebody else in the group will be able to get clues, or you'll be able to get clues at some other card. But you can still get a lot of clues very efficiently with this. In any case where it's not like completely critical that you don't draw a spooky token. Ben, do you do you have any thoughts on this?
0: I I generally think it works pretty alright. I I think I very rarely lost a turn, or lost actions rather uh, to this because usually I just plan around it um i guess it is a downside that you can't like if you want to like really a clear location really fast that has like eight clues on it or whatever you can't just can't really safely pump it uh unless you have other support which isn't really a downside with like clairvoyance or, or even um even divination uh yep like it, there are just a lot more options that you can just like not play this and still have just as many clue getting cards um, yeah which maybe have slightly different downsides but that's kind of what mystics you know whole, whole whole gimmick is is you know trades power for for penalty or whatever right
1: doesn't doesn't divination only let you use it twice basically to get the full set of three clues though to me like yeah, that's, that is level
2: 1 and 4 but that, you that's only just like a, have to spend the charges after you succeed that's just like I a deal breaker like
1: though. Like I it, I don't want to pay whatever it is, three and an action to put something down and then use it twice and then and then not be able to recharge it. Like that's recharge level four is like so huge for these types of decks for me, for like playing these big expensive spells where one charge is worth a lot. Being able to like put four more charges on something is incredible. You can't do that with divination. So for me, I would I would play this over six cents in divination virtually all the time. But I would definitely take clairvoyance first. <clears throat>
0: All right. Uh, we yeah, have to, we have to declare our judgment. Uh, best card ever or binder fodder?
1: Um, I'm I'm going best card ever.
0: If this, goes in, the,
1: this goes in the binder, if this goes in the binder, I have to humiliate myself by putting six cents in my deck, and I don't want to do that.
2: Well, you don't. Dane does.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. Good point. Good point. <laughs>
2: like, I'm I'm saying binder fodder. I will I will not miss this card, except for putting it on my glasses and making hilarious. Dumb. That was funny. I enjoyed that. eyes. <laughs> it's up to ben, you. Ben. ben, what is the verdict on this card? Yeah. Uh no laughing allowed. This is serious. I <laughs> Wow. Alright.
0: Literally All right. just said no laughing. I Dane doesn't make the rules here. I make the rules. Dane, seal those cards away. In your binder box, yes. There's just better options. I, I think you, can you hate to see it. it. So, uh, I forgot. What's the art in this card? What is this eye looking at? Is it just looking at like a
2: window, or is there a spooky in there? The, I, I think the point is the intent, and the intent is to seek. Mm-hmm. As Comrade said in chat, if seeking is right, I don't want to be wrong.
0: <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next card to face judgment. Uh, so this is Take Heart. This is a Survivor skill card. Uh, it's an eight, max one committed per skill test. You need to commit Take Heart to any type of test. If this test fails, the performing investigator draws two cards and gains two resources. Uh, when
1: when you reach for a pastry
2: off the pastry plate, take tart. <laughs> what a card! Do you remember when this card came out? This card came out in um in the Forgotten Age. It came out like somewhere in there and it was like the first of of like survivor cards that we were like kind of like oh interesting this card actually gives survivors a little bit of gas
0: yes yeah, survivors...
2: and we played it for a little while
0: yeah i think when this first came out we were pretty pretty pumped on it we might have even i don't remember when we started reviewing cards or when i joined the podcast but uh i think we liked it uh because it's like, yeah, uh, survivors are bad at tests. You know, they fail everything anyway. Uh, might as well have them draw two cards and get two money.
1: Yeah, I I want to say two things really quickly before I make the case that this card is bad. The first is that this is one of the best like title and art combinations of oh, any so good. card in the game. It's incredibly good. Uh, it, it you know take art very good. And then the second thing is, I mean, I yeah, I started out very high on this card. I started out putting this in like any deck that could play it. And I was only convinced that it was bad by the experience of playing
2: it and just having it be <laughs> very bad all the time. I think it's, uh, it's it's nerve-wracking, right? Like, you're generally playing this when you're, like... You don't want to play it when you're at parity, right? You, you, yeah. If you're, like, mm-hmm. four at four, it's like... You generally don't want to play this to be like, okay, even if I fail, I'll get something good because it's still a card in your deck. It's still a card in your hand that you're that you're sacrificing. It, and, yeah. and you just draw a zero and you're like, all right, I get a clue. It's it's <laughs> like it's like watch this or something.
1: It's a card in your hand that's like this might give me some money in cards if I find the right time to use it. And you could just have a card in your hand that you can just like always get yeah, stuff from I mean, it, right?
0: It's another gambling card in that sense. I just I I do use it in Stella because I usually just like try to fail a test really hard on the first action Stella and then get like a bunch of benefit from it. Yeah. The other survivors, uh, I have these precious three actions. I usually don't, I'm usually not actually trying to fail them. (laughs) Um, I mean, maybe in solo when you like, can't like pump up stats as much. So you are doing a lot more gambit tests where it's like, Oh, I can't really get up to two above. Yeah, that's Uh, fair. Maybe you like it more there. Um, I still try to put this in decks, but I usually cut it very quickly. Um, yeah. And, and when I do commit it, it's, it is... I mean, yeah. The, the thing with this card is it, the meme is, you know, you commit it and you draw the yeah. sign every time, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this, so is the thing.
2: this is the thing yeah. that we wanted to talk about. And by we, I mean I. If you uh, pay attention to the uh, Mescadonic <laughs> University Radio Instagram or uh, Harrison's uh, meme account... This card is considered by many to be Red Seal of the Elder Sign. You don't even have to pay five experience, and you get something that will draw the Elder Sign, like, 75% of the time. And this happened to me. I'm playing Stella in in, Return to, or in Edge of the Earth. The first token pull was just some random let's take heart and rabbit's foot because it feels like crack and Stella. And I draw the Elder Sign. And lucky, luckily... Stella has a fail-safe elder sign in that you can choose to fail and it was fantastic in that in that sense but the amount of times that I've seen this pull an elder sign is absolutely freakish and I'm I'm sort of looking at this card now more like if you want to succeed a test that you don't really have hope in succeeding it's better than a promise of power <laughs> because it has the propensity to draw the elder sign but, if we're being real about this card, I think my initial reaction to this was that this is half of a um stand together. This is like a stand together for you, but there's like an asterisk with a like like Whoa. a lot of text under, under I mean, you can under. also
0: commit it to other people right You can commit it to true. someone else that you think you going to fail a test and give them uh the benefit I
2: mean that's something I guess Kind a trolley too, which is which is funny. It's like, yeah, I, I mean, I I don't believe in you. you right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's the ultimate.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I guess like I do think it's pr- there's it's probably worth playing in Stella if you're gonna play a Stella deck, but I think that just in general like. I, again, I've put this card in decks, thinking, "Oh, this card seems really good." And I've just, I've had the experience of like holding it in hand forever, looking for a time to play it, wishing I had a card that would actually do something. And I've had the experience of like <laughs> playing it and being like, "Well, this is pretty good odds to give me stuff," and it just whiffs and does nothing. And that happens, I think, more often than you'd kind of like psychologically I mean, think.
0: It it could also be a psychological bias we have from just remembering the times when it didn't work versus when it did. Yeah, uh, that's uh, also probably
1: true. And I I just wanted like okay i' I don't. I'm not biased.
2: Hey. I feel like that means I mean, you're
0: the most biased, but... Well, uh,
2: it's interesting. It's, it's definitely true in that, like, when I'm looking at uh, survivor cards and, like, a survivor pool, and I'm like, what do I take for economy? <laughs> because, like, emergency cash is a thing that I don't really want to take. This is, like, the alternative to it. And I put this in solely because I don't want to play emergency cash. <laughs> Not because I actually want to be playing yeah. this card. But... I really don't even want, like, like. I guess you'd really have to think about the value of what drawing two cards and gaining two resources is, and why you're putting it in your deck.
1: But it's, it's true that survivors don't have that many options for money. Last thing I would say, obviously this does combo really well with Drawing Thin, because if you have Drawing Thin out, you can make a test more likely to fail, which is pretty good, okay. but I would argue if you have Drawing Thin out, you probably have enough money in cards already, yeah, you don't or at least like... That's I, mean, it. I mean, I mean, like obviously, more is always good, but at that point, you have to ask yourself whether this is really worth its its slot in your deck. You know? Yeah. Uh, I yeah I I vote
2: binder. What do you guys I'm, think?
0: I'm going to vote binder.
2: I'm I'm going to vote uh, not binder because this this card is is the that's, the. That's a cowardly move.
1: You yeah, this, we, we, I, you just spent the last six minutes agreeing with us that it's bad. Well, now I'm also
2: playing like... Stella right now on Edge of the Earth, and that's definitely locked into right. that deck. Okay. So right. uh, I'm oh. having a lot of fun with it right now. Well, okay. too bad.
0: Unfortunately, two of us voted uh, My- Binder, Dane, so you're going to have to swap that out immediately.
1: That's not how. Yeah. It, 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 the thing is called <laughs> Binder Trials, Dane, not Binder Happy Wait Fun Time. Like. In a, in a real trial, you can't be like this guy is clearly guilty, but he gave me a sandwich the other day. So, like, you got to be you got to be impartial
0: here. You know? Dane, I think eagle-eyed uh, watchers uh, of the VOD saw you put those two cards in that box, but you definitely have more than two copies of this card
2: because oh, the the of the front no. and it's. I have still- no idea what you're talking about, Dane. These are the only two copies that I have. <laughs> And they dead are in this is box. Is is in the, no, wait, wait, is it in the Stella deck? I thought it was. I, I will never play these two copies of this card ever again.
1: Oh come on, I think you gotta put all the copies I, in there.
2: I'm pre- I'm pretty sure it was yeah, it
0: came out of the Stella deck. That was her no, it version of the I, they, I, I didn't no definitely definitely did no idea what you're talking about. It definitely did. Uh they didn't give Survivor right, well, a different economy this, card to go this, with the other version. This
1: four. entire courtroom is out of order. I'm declaring a mistrial, <laughs> and also I'm jury nullifying <laughs> the entire verdict. Habas corpus. Let's move on to the next card.
0: Alright. Uh next card is on the hunt level three specifically we're looking at uh this is a guardian event cost zero it has willpower an intellect and a combat icon on it it is a tactic which of course means you can put it on and stick to the plan uh fast <laughs> play when you would draw an encounter card during the mythos phase instead search the encounter deck for an enemy spawn it engage with you instead of its normal spawn location uh attach on the hunt to it and shuffle the encounter deck uh reaction when you defeat attached enemy gain the three resources
2: um This card is everything a guardian has ever wanted in a card. Sorry,
1: <laughs> right, we're 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 talking about on the hunt, right? On the hunt. We're, level we're talking about on
2: the hunt level three, maybe not let level me, one.
1: Let me let me because let let me go first and make the case against because I know Dane likes this, and I'll give him kind of like the last word. I think I just think three XP is kind of a lot for this because it's not really a money card. Like, it's a money card in the sense that Watch This is a money card and that it gives you money when you don't really need money that much. Like, if you're a Guardian and you are able to just kill a random thing from the encounter deck, it's much less likely that you need money. Like, when you really need money, it's maybe, like, turn one and two when you're trying to get out your ally and your weapon, you know? So, like, it's weird that you get the money as a reward for, like... Again, if you can do that, it's less likely that you need it. It's better if you could just, like, have the money before you need to do stuff. And uh, I also just, I don't really care about tra- drawing an enemy instead of a random treachery. Like, Guardians are fairly resilient to treacheries, usually. They usually have decent will, or they have other cards that can deal with that. And uh, you know everything's going to come out of the deck eventually anyway, right? At least in, in higher player counts. So, just kind of, it's like, just kind of draw something, and you can probably deal with it. Like, I don't know if there's much of an advantage to specifically saying, like, yes, I would like an enemy this turn.
0: I mean, the, the interesting thing about it for me is it can... There's, sometimes there's annoying enemies that spawn across the board or have some other weird spawn mechanics so i feel like maybe this is, could be a tech card specifically for that instance or maybe you're like really ready to fight the big monster and there's nothing else on the board so you want to like pull out the victory monster or something and just kill it um so it's more of like controlling the timing of of an enemy uh, and you get three money but uh, that's fine I think it's more. About, I think it's more about controlling the timing of drawing the
1: enemy. It is good for that specifically, like where the gods dwell, where you have to like find the the dudes in the deck. It's great in that. It's great in that scenario. If you want to upgrade into it for that talking last about scenario and dream it is the broken
2: scenario, right? Like this is this is what kind mean? of like that's, that's a great scenario. Well... I mean, this card specifically is broken oh, yeah. in that context, oh completely yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, That's what if you want to upgrade into this to to do where the gods dwell, sure, that sounds great. I just don't think it's like a it's like a toolbox card that is good in other situations because you're you're going to draw the victory enemies probably, you know
0: well in lower player accounts, you might not necessarily go through the deck or or scenarios where the deck like gets randomly shuffled a lot um or stuff gets discarded like all of circle undone, you know things get randomly discarded from the deck constantly um. Due to like what, the witch effects or whatever, so it it is a little bit of protection against that. I just I don't. It, yeah, it's definitely very niche. I think it's like you, you. It's a tech card, and it does cost a lot. Like three is a lot just for a tech card.
1: Yeah, Dan, do you? Sorry, we don't have that much time left. Dan, do you want to give us the the stirring, eloquent uh, case for for this card not going to jail forever?
2: Certainly. <laughs> so, I think what Ben said about it. Um, Pulling out specific enemies is is the powerful part of it, but what 's also not being stated there is that it's it's not only drawing an enemy but it's not drawing a different encounter card so guardians don 't have a lot of weight like they don 't have they have one way to prevent ancient evils from going off or bad things from happening to them. Roland specifically, there are a few like um guardians who don't have great defensive stats, and for them. Especially in, like, solo or or situations where the encounter deck is just loaded with horrible will tests and agility tests. This card is actually really great because it allows you to circumvent drawing those things. Especially if you're at, like, two sanity left and you're Roland and, you know, your, your weakness just came out or whatever. Um, you can play an on the hunt to just circumvent that. Like, draw a will, Draw, like, a, a weak enemy get some bucks off it, right? Or... um. You can use it, like, like uh, Ben and Comrade were saying, you can use it to draw a victory enemy, which is very, very powerful to be able to do that when, on command. Um, because, like Ben was saying, in lower player counts, that is a thing that might just never happen, especially in, in, in single player. Because in single player, the more you can control the cards that, you, that you're getting um the The more power the card has, and like if you're if you're gonna be able to like in a roll and playthrough, a solo roll and playthrough, this card is I would say incredible because it does so many different things for him. It calls you know uh something to his space, which he can then kill, get a clue on it, get some bucks back, and to kind of like maybe counter dan's argument of you kind of want the money before you have to do things. This card has no opportunity cost. I mean, of course, there's the three experience used to play it, but the fact that it's a card, it ca- it costs zero to play. And I think that um, if if you're looking for cards to just give you something like proactively, like for for example, like we were talking about um, the everybody's favorite spirit card before uh, that also costs three XP, um, stand together. Uh, these they're two entirely different cards, used sort of for different purposes. This card is sort of like, once you've played your Gret, you've played your uh, your blade, and you want to kind of get back up to be able to maybe play your other weapon or something like that, that's when you use this card, too. It's just a lot of value packed into one circumstance. And Dan said that you... That it's kind of maybe undermining it because of that reason, but there's another card that I originally didn't like because of that reason, which is called Crack the Case. Generally speaking, you want your money before you need to do something, and Crack the Case forces you to do something before you get the money off of it but
1: we can we like add a minute because i I just want to say a couple of things crack the case the thing about the reason crack the case is great if you're a seeker you have like five in right off the bat you can just start getting clues immediately you don't need to like set up the way that guardians do that's why crack the case is good because you can just like start investigating the first location and then crack it you know,
2: and you're but, saying five in like it's based for everybody. It is, <laughs> and I, I want you to know, know it is it's all not seekers. Based for no,
1: all, all seekers except Amanda have five in. That's totally true. <laughs> uh, 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 so uh, last thing though, so I understand the case for this in solo because you know you, you there's you, you're not going to draw the whole encounter deck. You want to find the victorians, but in solo you have to do all the fighting and all the cluing yourself. I think every card in your deck needs to help you do that. Imagine if instead of this card you had to take the initiative, which also saves you from treacheries in most cases. But in a pinch, you could also use it first click to pick up a clue or fight a really tough enemy. And it doesn't cost any XP.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you definitely have both. I think that if you're going to make a case against it, the case is that it costs 3 XP. Because that I also don't like about it. But everything else I feel is like it's a really solid card for me to take in most circumstances when I'm a Guardian. Especially in a higher player count um to pull those victory enemies out when you need them because the board can get cluttered very quickly and you don't have much time to like figure out where you're going to want to be and find things and for enemies that like spawn halfway across the map with doom on them this is even better
0: yeah i i think it's good to pull stuff over i think if you're playing cards that combo with killing an enemy getting you some other benefit like if you're just rolling or you're doing evidences or um uh
1: zoe maybe that whatever in the interrogate
0: not, inter- okay. not interrogate but the card that gets you two money if you have an or two clues if you have an enemy in your location um you know the crime yeah and you this is a tactic so you could put it on stick to the plan which i guess Dane you can't. can but i
1: can't yeah Dane can't because yeah, we banished it
2: and i will uh, still play it if it doesn't go to the binder um
1: Think of how funny it would be for this to go to the binder Ben. That's my last argument. That's
2: that's, that's the last argument
1: of a desperate man. We have
0: to we have to be unbiased, though, Dan. We can't just think. No, of, I, it, changed, it was, I changed my it's, mind now. Actually,
1: it's good for us to be biased. It's,
0: <laughs> it's funny for all these cards to go in the binder because then Dane can never play them. But we can't we can't just do that. I mean, um, you're not wrong. <laughs> so, um, I, I wish this didn't cost three experience. I feel like if this cost two experience. I would definitely be like, yeah, best card ever, sure. The experience is a little bit more on the fence, but um, the art kind of looks like a guy hunting dinosaurs, right? Or big birds. But dinosaurs are big birds. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to vote best card ever.
1: I mean, they're big birds in the sense that humans are like apes, right? So sort of true, sort of not true, right? <laughs> All right, well, fair enough.
0: So uh, yeah, this one's gonna this All one's right. gonna survive. So the and template. best
2: card ever on the hunt lives to hunt another day. Oh, it would have been it would have been so funny. Hey. it hey. Dane's binder. Listen, you already got Hawkeye folding camera, right? I don't want to hear it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We did, that's we fair. Did, that's know. fair. I think most of the cards that we've we've talked about today have gone to uh, t- yeah. to the binder. We got a, Yay, we
1: got a harsh
0: judgment today. I think we still have yeah. one more. Maybe I don't know. Actually, one more. Read, I think. Yeah, okay, read, one read more. The slides. So I don't know. Uh, one more up next. All right last card maybe i think yes is you handle this one uh this is a rogue event uh cost zero zero experience has an intellect icon and a an agility icon on it uh, it's a trick fast play after you draw a non parallel encounter card but before resolving the card's effects choose another investigator that investigator is considered to have drawn that encounter card instead gain one resource i believe this is up for judgment because it's too mean is that my understanding? It's a kind of a meme card, and it feels mean to send send cards to your allies.
1: We we felt like maybe like we I think we generally think it's really good, or at least I, I definitely do. I think you guys probably agree. And we thought that maybe other people might either be worried that this is sort of like a nasty card to play, or that they might think it's just kind of like a goofy meme
2: card to play, kind of like um, you owe me one. Right. Diper. I think that's more of what i've heard it's kind of like the the meme sort of like whoa rogues can't handle will tests so watch out you're gonna get it you know but, kind but, of a... but that's true though rogues are terrible <laughs> at dealing with, <laughs> dealing with they're terrible at dealing
1: with treacheries they don't have a whole lot of other options they have like counter espionage which is very expensive and this is this this card costs negative one resources right like <laughs> like we we were joking about how like shortcut 0 versus shortcut 2 is so much better because it's like free instead of one. What about so a card funny. that pays you money to play it? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I've that's... never thought about this card this way before. <laughs> <laughs> like like I feel like you could almost forget to do that, but I always remember to take the money when I play no, you. Handle I this always one. remember too. And and let me tell you, I play you handle this one a lot. Yeah, so, I, noticed, you know. I noticed
0: that the last time we played, we were playing Water Jack. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, oh yeah, completely. Well, because here's a lighter. Like it's not you're not really being a jerk about it usually because if you're in a three or four player game, a three player game you have two options to mail these cards to. Four player game you have three options. You, it's likely that you have like a Mystic in your group who's going to pass any will test easily. It's likely you have somebody in your group like a Survivor or a Guardian who can just soak damage and horror pretty easily or can heal themselves. Uh, like. Just most treacheries. There's going to be someone for whom it's like not a big deal. It's the same reason Glory is really good, right? Because Glory, we say, is awesome because she can like assign each treachery to the person who is going to be able to handle it most easily. This just kind of lets you
2: do that when you draw a card that you don't want to deal with. Yeah, it's it's almost ultimate protection against encounter cards. Right. With the exception that it cannot do anything against perils, which I think is totally fair. <laughs> I think I think those cards are like kind of made to be. Extra that, scary. That's
1: a good point though. Cause one of you guys brought this up in a different context recently that it seems like they're putting peril on more encounter cards in the recent campaigns. Is that, is that true? Or is that just something we've it, kind of is subjectively think? It,
0: it feels like the particularly nasty ones that like, I really want to word in like mm. both in return to, and in some of the newer campaigns usually have peril on them. Yeah. Um, and it's usually cause it's like, it's a choice between two or three, three like bad things. And it's like, well, I don't want to do any of those things. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, it, used, it used to be like ancient, but even like even ancient evils in like the new sets, like the return to sets, the replacement ancient evils, which we always say oh, you get a word that every time, even those have perils on them on all the. Replacement ones so yeah
1: Be, because they give you a choice right but like there yeah. are a lot of cards that don't give you a choice and aren't perils or there are, there are a lot of cards that are just like test will five and you look at that as a green character and you're like no way i'm not doing this
2: <laughs> how about how about the mystic does you know yeah, like exactly right yeah yeah i think that um in a lot of ways this card so in, in a couple ways i guess i should start i could see this card being sort of like negative play experience. If you're going to a group and you like, and they're not really familiar with what rogues do, and they don't have a lot of will, maybe it's like a Roland or somebody, and you use this in that circumstance, and it's like, that could feel bad for somebody because obviously Roland has like really bad defensive stats and also really bad sanity, so like you don't want to get hit with the uh, Rotten Remains, right? Like, as much as the, the rogue player doesn't want it, you don't want it. So like, I could see that being kind of a bad, or, or you just wouldn't play it in that case. I mean, yes. and maybe maybe people have experienced that. I don't know.
0: This is a card that can definitely make other players feel bad if you're like using it to like just so you survive and like you like oh yeah here you go here's this test you'll old- you will also fail uh or here's a giant monster that will stop you from right. away. uh but I'll survive I'm the rogue so it'll be fine and that
1: and, and uh, I feel like that's... if you have that little level of sort of like trust between the other people anyway then like playing this specific card is not the root cause of that you know pain right like, like experience like, baby this, yeah like if it's not this card it would be something else you know like i think usually you're playing this game hopefully with like your friends or at least the people that you get along with pretty well and they'll they'll kind of understand uh but but yeah in that scenario where it's just a terrible card that's going to kill either of you like yeah probably don't play this like that would just be kind of nasty but you you'll you'll find enough cases to use this card where it's like it's it's not necessarily a win-win but it's like a win don't lose you know for for the two parties involved
2: yeah, and uh, sometimes it's a benefit, right? Sometimes you get occasionally. Yeah, every, tests, every now and then, like Mystic a of guts, or maybe like, it, great, it, I love it.
1: Or maybe it's like a card that does horror, and like Agnes wants to take it and ping something, you know? Like yeah. there's there's or Mark wants to take damage and draw a card. Like there's there's there's, there's cases like that, right? Yeah. So we're
2: also talking about the two percent, by the way. Yeah, and it fact is by the way a trick. Oh. Means that... <laughs> means that Chuck, <laughs> Fergus, can friend, it, Chuck Fergus can make Chuck Fergus could
1: make it fast and free. <laughs> Or, yep, that's or it or could give you a stat boost. Uh, a couple of things to say really quick. It does work on enemies, although not on perils, right? So you could mail an enemy directly to the Guardian, whoever's going to fight. And this, like Ward, is reactive. You can hold this in hand until you get a bad encounter card. Part of the reason that I wanted to ban the sadly unbanished on the hunt is it's one of these encounter cards where you have to play it before you even know what you were going to draw, right? This one, this, this one you can wait and use it when it will be most effective.
0: Uh, well it kind of sounds like we're on the same page that there's no reason to seal this away. So best best card ever. Best this
2: this might actually be the best rogue card in the game. It's like yeah. this or cigarette case. It's it's so flavorful though. Like whereas the cigarette case completely lacks all flavor whatsoever and is generally a pretty flat card other than being incredibly efficient. This card <laughs> is efficient and it is it is the rogue experience. Like it's if you've really never fun. seen this card before and you play with a rogue, you're going to see this card. Oh yeah. <laughs> totally. And it might be hilarious. You might get like seven reality Acids over the course of one game, and it's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm voting uh, this. This ascends to being played forever. Sounds good. All right. So what did
1: we what did what did we banish forever? We banished stick to the plan. Well, well
2: let me uh, let me just okay, like, yeah. take ro- take a roll call. Real take, quick. take one there. last look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we've got uh, take heart, right uh-huh. of seeking all levels. Uh-huh. uh Hawkeye folding camera. Watch this, uh-huh. and all four copies of my stick to the plan. Wow! In this binder. Damn. Wait, or, why do you? Yeah. Have, yeah. Why do you I'm four the copies of stick? Never mind.
1: I... Okay, so you have, you have four copies of stick to the plan, but you definitely only have two copies of take heart. Is that <laughs> That's it? Right.
2: That's okay. Right, yeah. All right. A long time ago, there was a thing called the double packer, and I'm not going to get into that now. Maybe I, that'll be I, a I, will, I will remind you that you are under oath. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Um but, but that that is a story for another day.
0: Well, All right. Do you think we should have given a stay of execution to like one of the one of the Rights of Seeking? Like, should we have let like level two survive or something? Or no. right to, no, I'm, the- I'm,
1: I'm I'm worried that if we start extending leniency to some of these cards, Dane's gonna want to save the folding camera and I want that shit <laughs> gone forever. So I would say no no quarter,
2: no surrender comes with people letting us know what cards they want out of the binder. Because there are certainly reasons for retrials. It happens, what, every day? Probably. So that's the way I, that these cards... It's really difficult retry. to
0: get a retrial based on what I've learned recently about our, our, our judicial system.
2: As in real life, as in M.U.R. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, people, if you didn't catch the first episode of The Binder Trials and want to see more of this, check out episode 93. We reviewed some pretty contentious cards there as well. Um... Mm-hmm. And we definitely do want to encourage people to to chat with us about these picks and debates, right? Like we don't we don't want this to be the final word. We're saying this more in the case of Hyperbole, even though Right of Seeking is definitely super garbage, and I never want to see it ever again. Um, do you, we want we want to hear your thoughts? We want to, we want to see like what what do you want in retrial? <laughs> in our retrial episode, let us know what you yeah. want to see. Yeah, we'll accept, um, we'll accept appeals. Uh, you know, <laughs> totally, hundred percent. Reach out to us on Discord. Let us know send us an email at comments at mur.fm. Um, otherwise, to stay current on what we're doing, follow us on all social media, Facebook, Instagram. Um, you can get all the links to those at mur, uh, I'm sorry, at social.mur.fm. If you really enjoy what we do and want to get more involved, uh, you can become one of our patrons at patreon.com slash Radio, or just leave us a nice review on your favorite podcasting network. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll catch you next time. Bye, everybody.